Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Sally. I'm Linda. I'm Ing. And we're moving along. As a great rapper once said, I was born to flex, diamonds on my neck. I like boarding jets, I like morning sex, but nothing in this world that I like more than checks. So as you may have guessed, today's episode is going to be all about that moolah. So we're going to be talking about conversations that we have with our parents about money, um, our future aspirations with our to do with our money, um, our credit our first credit cards, stuff like that. But before we get into that, let's go to our regular weekly recap. Um, I'll go first. And as you might remember from last week's episode, I talked about how I would be moving in this this week and starting my job in person so I just moved into my apartment last night with and my whole family helped me with the move-in process and thankfully since we had four people we only had to take like four or five trips um, up and down the stairs of my apartment Um, I didn't bring too many things so I'm hoping to live a minimalistic life here (laughs) Um, but yeah it was also my first day of work today and it was different from what I expected, I guess, in terms of social distancing requirements. I thought they'd be a lot more strict about it. Um, they even mentioned when we had a lab meeting that we'd have to wear like one mask that we brought from home going into the building and then a different mask in the hallways and then a third different mask uh, when we were working in the lab. But in reality, we only had like two different masks. We just had the one from home, and then in the lab, we would put on a surgical mask. But even the surgical mask is, we're going to be reusing that throughout the week. So it's not even that, like, clean or anything, but it's fine. Um, And, and like, since I'm, right now, I'm in the middle of training, it's kind of hard to be, like, six feet apart social distancing. So I haven't really been following the social distancing guidelines that strictly but we've been keeping our masks on when talking to my like my coworkers. so i guess that's should be enough hopefully um but yeah it was a good first day of work overall even though i got lost several times on the base <laughs> what do you think of your apartment um, my apartment's pretty good. It's, I mean, it's, it has everything I need. It's not like, it's, okay, my apartment complex is sandwiched in between, like, a bunch of luxury, quote-unquote luxury apartments and, like, townhouses. So it looks kind of crusty on the outside, but on the inside, it's, like, it's okay. It has everything. Um, I have my own room, and then we, I share a bathroom with my roommate, so. And the bathroom's pretty clean, and my roommate's, like, good at organizing, and she's pretty clean, too, so. I like it so far, but it's only been one night, so I can't really tell anything from one night. But yeah, that's all I have to say about my week. What about you, Linda? Um, so it's Sally starting your first day. I wish I can start my first day again because the adrenaline is wearing off. <laughs> um, I feel kind of pushed off the deep end a little bit or just a bit floundering because because of the new virtual environment, they got me doing all this IT stuff. Um, they got me doing like business analytics. I'm populating stuff every day. And okay, I don't know, but like external people I talk to, they're like, who says populating? Like, is that even a word? But this is something, <laughs> it's like what does that even when mean? you populate stuff on your calendar, you like, 
import it there or something. Oh, just adding events to your calendar. I mean, or you populate a form. Like, you just fill out a form. I don't know why they say populate. <laughs> why can't they just say fill out? Bro. It's fancy talk. But I'm on Teams every day being like, yeah, I'll populate this right away. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, they're calling me. That sounds so unnecessary. They're asking me to run like Zoom support for IT and doing like business analytics and like quality um, control and like stuff. You guys know that I'm not like super, super good at or super familiar with. I didn't know that was part of your job. Okay, do I don't know that. either, but once you demonstrate that you can do stuff or that you're good at something, they'll like add on more tasks, which is like is the price to success i guess um but i'm just doing all that was any of this in your job description okay, my job description is just like ops support so i feel like that um, covers like any anything. logistical thing um but the one part i do like is the actual like thinking through operations and processes like making a work plan and being like this is the steps you have to do and sharing the protocol and being like you guys had to do this, um, and like making. That sounds huh? very Virgo. What? That sounds very Virgo. Yes. Okay. Okay, guys. I'm a triple Virgo. Looking at my chart, so we're in deep. Um, but like thinking of that stuff and doing project management is pretty fun and learning new software. Um, it makes the tedious stuff worth it at the best um and at the worst it feels nice being productive at least um but that is my week wait okay ming <laughs> how was your week um uh, yeah my week again just more interviews um i had a panel interview on monday and i haven't had a panel interview since like freshman year of college and it was in person so this one was way different um kind of intimidating because they were all uh decently older than me at least mid 30s late 30s and the vp was there and everyone was going around introducing themselves like oh i've been here for two years or three years and then he was like yeah i've been here for six days they just hired me (laughs) and he was very he was just older so me talking about my college experiences or relevant work experience seemed very insignificant and I had a lot of imposter syndrome feelings um but I see it as practice for tomorrow's panel interview which I have with a different org so hopefully that one goes better and now I know what to expect but yeah it's been pretty much um interviewing or that's about it I started I did start a new show Legend of Korra (laughs) um I'm waiting until they come to Netflix to Airbender yeah, I know I should have waited, but instead we like we did the free trial through CBS, so we have to like binge it in, in like two weeks. Um, I had low expectations because I heard from a lot of people that it was like not that great, and obviously like it can't compare to Avatar. But I'm pretty invested now. Like I'll watch at least four episodes like in one sitting. So mm-hmm. I'm invested. One of our listeners requested that I watch Avatar as their last. <laughs> Are you watching it? <laughs> You're the only one who hasn't yet. I haven't seen it yet. Now that it's on Netflix. <sighs> I don't know. My sister started it this summer too, and I don't think she ever finished. Mm-hmm. It, it's 
easy to at least for me starting it like this past semester it was easy to dismiss at first as like a child's show I guess like Mm -hmm. it kind of is very doesn't seem that deep I guess but as you keep going you become way more invested Mm -hmm. so it's also pretty easy to to watch but it's so much commitment Mm-hmm. yeah the episodes yeah. are so so short yeah. like they're only like 20 okay. 23 minutes maybe we'll do like an episode a day mm-hmm. we'll see honestly i have to read that book yeah i'm impressed that you you worked out yesterday because i knew you were moving in and i did not expect you to send me a picture back oh well it's part of the plan we're Comment. what the, we're on the third week of the Chloe Ting twenty was it twenty twenty summer shred yeah, challenge. Yeah, I was scrolling yeah. the page with her plan, and I was trying <laughs> to find where we were. And I was like, "Oh, we're pretty far," so I like scrolled all the way down. I was like, "Wait, <laughs> we are not that far in. We're like just really? starting the second half of it." Wait, well, third week. We're on the third week. Well, we just started. Oh, it, I think of it. Like, I feel it's like it's been forever. <laughs> Yeah, I'm over it. On the second week, we were already burning out. We were like, can't do this no more. <laughs> over it. But yeah, that's been our week, I guess. All right, everyone. Um, like Sally said at the beginning of the episode, today we're going to be talking about money. Um, so I think we originally wanted to record this episode because money is such a taboo topic sometimes, um, even among friends. And family, like it's kind of hard to talk about it. Um, everyone ha- are everyone is in different places, so I think personally, sometimes I feel uncomfortable like bringing it up. So we wanted to make this episode be- to be all about money, so we could like get it all out there and then encourage you guys to have those conversations because it is pretty important. Um, so we have a few topics to discuss, and then later we'll have some more questions to get to know each other better when it comes to money. But I think to start off with, um, we've all been in relationships, pretty long-term relationships too. And from my personal experience, I know that you don't always have the same financial background as your partner. So sometimes it can be difficult figuring out how you're going to split something or um, anything that comes to money. And I think that also applies to friend relationships. So I guess just in terms of non-familial relationships, how do you deal with money splitting the bill, knowing how much you want to spend or budget for trips. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think it depends on the person. It mm-hmm. depends on like the each relationship. You can't really have like one answer for everyone. But I agree. personally, I think um, for me, I like, well, for friends, I think we usually split the bill when we eat out because it's just easier to Venmo each other. Mm-hmm. Um, what Like maybe according to the dish that we ordered or something. Um, but I think while dating, I think I like like one time one person pays for the meal and then the next time the other person pays for the meal. So I split it like that. But I know like a lot of times my boyfriend since I don't know, I don't know what is this rooted in like when the guy has to pay first. Mm-hmm. It's like patriarchal. Mm-hmm. Patriarchy. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> but it's like ingrained in our society that mm-hmm. the boy has to pay for the meal or whatever. So he. He likes to pay. He likes to try to pay a lot of the times. But then I'm like rooted in my Chinese <laughs> Asian background where you have to fight to pay the bill. And like if you if the other person pays for the bill, you lose. Like you have to fight hard <laughs> in order to pay for the meal. So like we're both we're always in this like fight to pay for food, I guess. But 
Yeah, I guess it's like a matter of pride mm. for us, like who pays for. I don't know. It's weird, but we try to split it up so that one person pays one meal and the other person gets the next one. Mm-hmm. I yeah. agree with Sally. I feel like it feels better to take turns treating each other than to split everything mm-hmm. evenly because then it doesn't feel like you're the one being treated or like you don't get the satisfaction yeah. of doing something nice um, for whoever you're dating. Um, so I think that's a way to that's a difference between friends i guess because usually with friends you go out in like a huge group and you can't be like one person will pay for a lot although you're not like expected to treat each other Mm -hmm. when you're with friends i guess yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah, um for me one of the first like arguments or conflicts that i got in with stefan was about money um specifically about like when it comes to eating out or splitting a check because we were both well aware that we come from different financial backgrounds and he had a like a well-paying internship and I was working at a nonprofit, not making that much money so um I was I felt like Sally where I don't know if it was feminism or just how I was raised by a single mom but I felt Mm -hmm. like no I'm not gonna let him pay for me every single time like I have to pay my Mm -hmm. half or like I felt like I was being a leech if I did it so but he on his end would be like oh I just want to like treat you and he's very much about like giving so he just wanted to like yeah he knew he had more money so he wanted to put in the not effort but like put in that money um to treat me so yeah we got into an not an argument but a conflict about it and we eventually figured it out and so now it's more of like what you guys have where um, treating each other like one time he'll pay and then maybe I'll pay for this something that we've also gotten into is because we know we have different money backgrounds is that he'll pay for the meal and I'll pay for like the dessert or the bubble tea or whatever mm-hmm. comes after because it's smaller yeah, but it still feels too. yeah it still feels like I'm mm-hmm. treating or contributing so it's very yeah. sometimes it's a di- awkward to have that conversation and I know like mm-hmm. us as friends I don't know if we've had like a like a strict conversation like explicitly about this but we've definitely know going into it that we'll probably just pay for our own portion or if someone does pay for the whole thing we'll venmo but mm-hmm. yeah rarely do we like venmo charge each other which i think is interesting <laughs> well that's taking it to another step yeah like another level if you venmo charge <laughs> no i had okay well, i'll just say christine was like talking about <laughs> someone owed her money and she, she's a very nice person, but she's also very direct. So this was kind of surprising, but she refused to Venmo charge this person, even though it was a good amount of money. And me mm-hmm. and some other people were telling her, no, just Venmo charge someone. And then she's like, no, I won't do it. So she never <laughs> did. And I was like, that makes no sense. But if I was in her seat, I wouldn't Venmo charge people either. I feel very hesitant. Mm-hmm. Like, so did she get I her only, money back? I, I don't know. Oh. I know she oh. didn't Venmo charge him. I only Venmo charged my sister. <laughs> Like, I don't feel, I feel comfortable. Like Venmo charge, yeah, only if they agree that, if they tell you to Venmo charge, and then I'll Venmo charge. But I feel like Venmo charging kind of gives us connotation that you're, like, I don't know, you're, like, calculating how much mm-hmm. they owe you and stuff like, like that. Like, you're pressed so, mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, one I time I Venmo charged, friends... and I sent the money <laughs> instead. It's so easy, <laughs> because the funds are right next to each other. Oh, true. Yeah. <laughs> One of my friends told me a story about how their friend Venmo charged them for like a fake eyelash that they borrowed from them. <laughs> that's the most pettiest thing. Yeah, that's the point where I would be like, that's a little excessive. Because there's a difference between Venmo charging for like, like a substantial amount of money and then like Venmo charging. I don't know, even 
Okay, gas kind of is contentious too. So I think this was interesting. I actually had a conversation with my mom about it. So basically, the conversation was about how William used to drive us around a lot, like a lot, a lot before all, most of us had our licenses. And so she asked me if we had ever offered to pay him for gas money. And in that moment, I was kind of like super embarrassed because I realized that I had never thought to bring it up, I guess. Like the only time we had talked about gas was when we took a big trip to like South Carolina or something like that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess we don't really have money conversations that much, really. Yeah. I think gas doesn't matter too, at least to me, it doesn't matter too much if we're just driving like around Maryland like mm-hmm. locally. But if it's like a big road trip, then like when we went to, what was it, UPenn for mm-hmm. ECC yeah. one year, mm-hmm. like then it probably matters more because then it adds up. But mm-hmm. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I makes feel like sense. it evened out once Ming and I started mm-hmm. driving. We drove yeah. like two times before coronavirus. But <laughs> you never drove me and William. Oh, that's true. No. It's because location wise, it just makes sense, you know? Yeah. Okay. But yeah, having conversations it's kind of awkward um when yeah. it comes to and your also family for, oh i was gonna say go. also for our trip um when we went to taiwan we also had to think about how to budget like split the budget between yeah. us for that too and that was mm-hmm. that, was that was a, a pain sometimes yeah yeah I especially think it when it came for like big things yeah like purchasing flights and mm-hmm. um hotel uh, the airbnb and then even like transportation like cabs and stuff that yeah that would take up a lot of money Mm-hmm. It was just a lot of forms of transportation. Yeah. I was bimboing Sally like $800. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So flights, like the big purchases like that, we could bimbo each other. But mm-hmm. then when it came to like um, taxis and stuff, mm-hmm. it was hard to keep track of who was paying when. So yeah, I think we just kind of take turns. Yeah. Our, our spreadsheet only got us so far. <laughs> it was more yeah. for the, the big stuff. But I think there was also like... Yeah. The fact that we had to also like mentally convert everything too, that was mm-hmm. why I was, th- that was kind of stressing me out too to make sure that we were keeping track of how much it was like in um like U.S. dollar, but yeah, mm-hmm. I guess when it comes to that, the easiest thing is to just like swap who pays and then just kind of keep a mental track of like a worth, I guess, which is kind of hard, yeah. but I guess yeah. it's also kind of it's e- never gonna be perfect. Yeah, yeah, but it's easier with close friends because i know that'll even out like eventually mm-hmm. like this podcast we keep track of what we spend the little bit of money that we do invest into this and so we have a spreadsheet for that but also just hoping that it all evens out eventually <laughs> when we all buy our own mics so even out <laughs> yeah definitely so linda's got that one down <laughs> we'll we'll one. we were all buying stuff for each other because we only came with that amount of money so I think we were too. like, yeah. we're going to spend this much. So it wasn't that much mm-hmm. budgeting. And sometimes because... when sometimes when we didn't want to break a bill, we would just ask mm. someone else to pay yeah. mm-hmm. I know I gave you guys big bills because I was afraid to talk to people a lot of times. So I would get you guys to pay, but like I'll give you a big bill to like cover like all the little times that I didn't want to talk. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that even out. I don't know. It all evened out. It's all yeah. good. Mm-hmm. But I wish there was, like, some app or something that you could, like, insert, oh, this much money, and then, like, at the end of it. Yeah. But the thing about that is you have to log it in yourself, and it just gets tedious when you have to TV log track. in everything manually. Yeah. yeah. And when you have cash, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But 
What, what, a, what about conversations about money with your family? Yeah. Um, for me, it's we've been talking about it more and more, I guess, especially because I have student loans. So it's something that I talk to my mom about, not frequently, but like just so we're both on the same page in terms of money. Um, but before that, I never really talked about money. That wasn't a big topic in our house. Not necessarily taboo. It was just that it was never brought up. Um, so now we're becoming more transparent. Um, when I got my credit card, I had to convince her that I was responsible enough for it. Uh, but we can talk about that later. But yeah, I think it's pretty easygoing with my family, at least. Yeah, same for me. I think, well, actually, I think I was always pretty open with my family about money because I guess from a young age, my mom already trained me to like tell her everything about my money. <laughs> like I would have to approve. I would have to have her approve all of my purchases um, before I made them. So I guess I had to be very transparent with how I use my money. When I got into college, it was a little bit different because I could order things to my dorm <laughs> and she wouldn't see what I ordered. Yeah. So I, I spent a lot of money on useless things in college, which I kind of regret now. But yeah, now it's still like I try to tell her like for big purchases, I try to tell her about it mm-hmm. first. I was signing insurance forms for my job when I started, and it got me thinking about long-term because they were like, oh, if you die tomorrow, like, where would oh your gosh. money go? And then, like, if you died while you were retired, where would the rest of your retirement fund go? Um, on my forms, I'm leaving everything to my brother. And then, oh, this is kind of an awkward conversation because it was I was talking about the form that, okay, I died, but I didn't have a chance to claim my retirement thing and I told my mom that I left it to my brother and she was like why didn't you leave it to me and I was like well I hope like I don't want to think about this but I want to think about who would be alive by the time I'm like 80 90 70 or whatever split it between several people though like you don't have to leave it all to one person right yeah but like who else would I leave it to your parents oh but (laughs) (laughs) we're just like thinking about how my parents might not survive and like planning for that long-term future was like pretty Mm -hmm. difficult because i guess my mom didn't think about that either when she asked me Mm. um so we were both like oh like (laughs) do you guys talk to your family about wills and like what does happen with the money because it was, it's always kind of been, I guess it's kind of morbid, but it's kind of a thing that we've always joked with our grandparents about, like, oh, she'll be like, okay, I'm putting a sticky note on this so you can have it, Ming, when I die. <laughs> and when I was younger, I would get really like, oh my gosh, don't die. But now I see it as, like, a very practical thing of, like, knowing what what goes where, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't really done that with my mom yet because hopefully, like, knock on wood, she, like, lasts a lot more years, but... It's definitely a thing that I've talked about with my grandparents with. Um, so do you guys talk about that? I haven't really talked about it with my parents, but I remember they mentioned it. I heard them I heard them talking about it amongst themselves um, one time, and then I happened to be there. And I think my dad was like, oh, like half the stuff will go to like my mom, and then half will go to me and my sister. So I guess he had – I mean, they definitely have a plan in place, and they are definitely give it to – us me and my sister mm-hmm. and then my mom's probably gonna give it to me my sister and my dad so yeah but in terms of my grandparents i don't really know what the plan is with them mm. um they're probably just gonna split it amongst their kids so like mm-hmm. my parents and my uncles 
I don't think grandchildren have any say in that. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't have any... We're not getting any of this stuff. <laughs> Linda? What about you, Linda? Mm, we haven't talked about it, but I also, like, overheard them talking about it amongst themselves, <laughs> but I wasn't able to discern what they were saying. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I guess it might be weird for me to bring it up because then that sounds like, like, when are you dying kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah. I'm going to wait until they bring it up or if they want it to be like a surprise or something i don't know not like a surprise death but like a surprise mm-hmm. like what we're getting mm-hmm. so i, I think it. yeah talking about it is for me personally is preferred to you know in movies when there's that dramatic like will reading or something like at knives <laughs> out that scene where everyone was on the edge of their seat i guess it also has to do with how much money there is like in the family to mm-hmm. give because for us it's yeah. like not that big of a surprise but it is interesting when that conversation happens or, like, as you age, it'll happen more often. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, I think in terms of, like, leaving things behind for people, uh, like, thinking about it made me think more, like, I think about how to spend my money more consciously mm-hmm. because when my, gran- my, when my grandma died last year, she left behind a lot of stuff, and a lot of it was just, like, we had just had to throw it out mm-hmm. and like we have like family friends who died and they just left behind like a whole house full of stuff and like no one knows what to do with all this stuff like some things you can keep or donate or whatever but like most of the stuff you're just gonna th- end up throwing it away so like when you die like what's really gonna happen to your stuff like is it even worth ex- yeah. buying so many things yeah. i don't know made this, me think it was a conversation actually that was brought up in the um adoptees like facebook group i'm in and someone brought up the fact that like oh like they'll get a lot of like old mementos from like that's been passed down from family to family like generations um and then they were talking about how they felt guilty because they didn't want it because they didn't feel a connection to it mm-hmm. and that's low-key how i feel about like a lot of the stuff my grandma is not exactly a hoarder but she is very sentimental <laughs> about her stuff so we all know that we're gonna be getting a lot of things passed down and I've kind of already told my mom that like unless it was directly connected to her I don't really like have interest in a great 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 grandfather from like the civil war or whatever because <laughs> to me it's like it they're so far back and distant and also it doesn't feel like my not my family but it doesn't feel like something that I need to cherish necessarily so it, I have conflicted feelings about that, but definitely the fact about passing down things, um, sometimes mm-hmm. it might be better just to put it in, like, a scholarship fund or something. Yeah. I guess I wasn't thinking about actual things. I was thinking more about, like, funding, but now that you think, now that I think mm-hmm. about it, like, the house, the furniture, and mm-hmm. all of my belongings, like, I don't feel like anyone would want them. Like, I don't have any, like, yeah. heirloom items, so... <laughs> I think Sally awakened me. I'm going to try the capsule wardrobe from now on. <laughs> yeah. That's why, like, conscious, what, conscious consumerism is such a big, like, becoming such a big thing now. Like, minimalism is such a big thing now because, I mean, when you die, the things you leave behind don't go with you. So, mm-hmm. why are you buying so many things, I guess? Yeah. But we can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe we could pivot the conversation back um, to what we brought up. Um, earlier I guess about credit cards and that I guess to me it was like almost a stage in becoming an adult is like 
getting a credit card and talking about it. Even a debit card honestly felt like a, a step into adulthood. But specifically credit cards, I think, were really confusing when I first heard about it. Like, I didn't even hear about it from my mom because I know she has credit cards, but it was always like, ooh, it's an adult thing and, like, kind of scary and it could ruin your life if you misuse them. So I think I actually heard about them first from you, Sally, Um, like the idea of getting one. Mm -hmm. Well, my view of credit cards was kind of different from yours. I always heard about credit cards from my parents being like, oh, I'm getting so much cash back for my Mm. gas, my groceries. (laughs) Wow. They have, like, different credit cards that use for groceries and gas so that they get the maximum cash back. (laughs) So when I was thinking about, like, my money, I was – I was, I think in college, I was like, how can I jumpstart my money investments? Or like, <laughs> I don't know, how can I build up? Like, I always wanted to have a credit card so I could build up my credit. Mm-hmm. So then, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking, but I just thought it was good to build up credit. And then I know in the long term, um, credit can be good for like bigger purchases, like buying cars, buying houses, like investments like that. So it's always good to have like the longer that you hold a card the more you can build your credit so it's also good to start your credit line like earlier um so yeah that's kind of why i really wanted to get my first credit card and then i begged my parents for to like i begged my parents to allow me to get my first credit card and then my parents were like yeah of course but then um they wanted to co-sign with me so that when i get my first card i can have a bigger amount of credit um and it's also good to have a larger amount of credit um, so that when you buy purchases, you're using a smaller percentage of mm. your available credit. So that's also good for your score. So every time I made my payment on time, then it improved my score, I guess. So, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how I got into credit cards. I didn't know about the percentage thing because I'm like, what's the point of having such a huge line of credit if you're not going to use it? But yeah. I learned about that from CreditWise. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Capital One's CreditWise. I mean, yeah, it's a good thing to know. Mm -hmm. I think it's, what, 30% rule or something like that? Keep it below. I don't know. A certain certain percentage of your credit line. But Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting how you had a different perspective of it. Maybe it speaks to their background in finances, I guess, or... I don't know, their experience with credits. But yeah, I definitely saw it as more of like, you need to be very cautious about how you use it. Um, Like very careful because it can put you in a lot of debt. But I think learning about it really, it's almost like a thing with anxiety where you, it becomes like this really scary thing that you think about that's like, oh my gosh, like it's so much responsibility. Like I could ruin my life. But then once you actually Mm -hmm. sit down to like learn about it and know how it works and credit line and credit scores, like now I feel very empowered i guess to have one mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like yeah. there's still a lot I that i like. don't know though <laughs> like okay when i was little i would hear my parents talking about credit cards and my mom would be like okay i got a new ll bean credit card or like oh i got a banana republic <laughs> credit card and she's like oh i got this credit card for like the mileage points and my dad would be like can you mm-hmm. stop like signing up for all these credit cards <laughs> oh also it's bad for your credit to have to sign. too many credit cards or to open too many credit cards at once so yeah be careful and then okay but my dad will also like pull out his wallet and, and have like a whole stack of credit cards and all these like random <laughs> cards like arp or like hmm. all this other stuff so i'm like i'm never going to have more than one credit card like it's so scary to think about manipulating points or like mm-hmm. trying to um gain credit or all of these things but i've been looking mm-hmm. on like r slash financial independence and oh my gosh. I don't know if you guys look at it, but it sounds so like impossible. 
but also it's a learning it's a learning opportunity mm-hmm. there's yeah. so many things about like finances and like stocks investments that i have no idea about but i guess that's what this podcast is for <laughs> yeah for us uninformed people to inform on it more uninformed people <laughs> yeah it's definitely now i feel like a pressure on me because i have um student loans that I think I talked about this on previous episodes, but, like, I went through a phase, and I kind of still do, I guess, where I was watching, like, a bunch of videos on it and, like, reading up about it, and not just student loans, but from there, I was, like, learning more about credits and investing and things like that, and there was this one episode of a podcast where they were talking about how this guy had, like, 30 credit cards, but he kept them organized with a spreadsheet to a point where he knew how to use them to his best advantage that he wasn't like paying for trips anymore or something like that like he figured out how to like maneuver through that system to get all those bonus points i'm like that is amazing mm-hmm. because yeah i feel like honestly with like our financial system like you kind of have to figure out how to maneuver through it to get the best like there's this phrase where it's like make your money work for you like you really got to make it work either through credit or investing. Still scary though. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on investing in the future or even now, I guess? Um, me personally, I'm going to stay away from investing until I get more stable with my loans. I think that's mm-hmm. a smarter move. Um, also yeah. something else that I've read up on is like, it's important to have that like nest egg for emergencies. Um, So it's kind of, I'm kind of conflicted, like, when it comes, when I hopefully finally get a job of, like, should I tackle Mm -hmm. my loans first or, like, start saving for, like, emergencies? So you want to be able to be stable just in case something happens, like a pandemic or something. Um, And then maybe beyond that, like, once I finally get past that, I'll look into investing, especially more of the, like, low-risk investing. But Mm -hmm. I know that, Sally, you have some stuff invested in your name, I think. Yeah. So I've asked my dad to invest for me recently. When the stock market was going down <laughs> um but yeah actually it made profit from the investment they made recently but my par- my dad has been investing for me since i was little i think he took my red pocket money and invested it for me <laughs> so i didn't even know about it when i was little but um he he also like supplemented my red pocket money with like actual sums of money but mm-hmm. um yeah so i have like a few things that i've invested in um one company that he really recommends is the Taiwan Semiconductor <laughs> Company, which apparently they make all the t- they apparently they make all the semiconductors for the phones that we use now. So I guess they have deals with all these different phone companies. But oh wow, he really recommends that one. Monopoly. <laughs> um, but you have to be careful when you invest because my so my mom, oh, both my parents work in the government, um, but especially my mom because she works at FDA. We have a lot of limits on what we can invest in. So, like, all these companies that are coming out with the new COVID vaccines, we can't invest in them because Mm -hmm. we have insider Um. knowledge on, like, what company is doing better and stuff. Mm So, it's just a conflict of interest. And if they, if, I don't know who does, like, the investigating, but if the government finds out that you're, like, investing in companies and you have, yeah, I don't, it's going to be bad. (laughs) That's actually kind of comforting to know, though, that, like, there are rules in place that prevent people from taking mm-hmm. advantage. I mean, people still take yeah. advantage, but mm-hmm. that's interesting. One time my dad invested in, what, Johnson & Johnson. I didn't even know it was, like, considered a pharmaceutical company, but oh. he, my mom got my mom got investigated because of that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. 
Um, Linda, do your parents invest or have you talked about it? No, they're like, okay, they're very like, stay away from it because they're like, oh, earn your wages and just like work Mm -hmm. for your salary and all this stuff. Um, And they're not not that familiar with stocks or investing. I tried Mm -hmm. Acorns for a bit um, and I would have lots of fun like pulling the graphing to see how much I would get by age 65. (laughs) It would be like this huge amount of money. I'd be like, wow. Um, But I took all the money out. Because I, like, didn't make anything. I don't know if I did it wrong, but for Acorns, like, you don't choose which company to do. You select what kind of portfolio type, like, aggressive or, like, semi-aggressive or something, and then they pick it for you. Um, so I picked, like, what aggressive. Oh. Aggressive. <laughs> Whoa. But I didn't make anything. Or I made, like, $5, and then COVID happened, and then I took all that stuff out really quickly because I'm like, I don't have enough in here <laughs> to Sally's not... shaking her head. <laughs> To like not be negative, you know. I don't know what happens if all of it is gone. Because, is so it your impossible? plan is to put it in until sixty five. <laughs> but what if but I get zero? It'll even out. But what I if it's know. zero though? Sp- that you can't multiply with I don't anything. Think it'll be zero. I don't know. I don't know. But for my money that I've invest, my dad has invested for me. Like since I was little, like looking at the sum of money he invested when. It was first put in, and then the money it has now, it's definitely grown. So, mm-hmm. like, is it Gerber life? Is oh, Gerber life? <laughs> the Gerber, Gerber life? life? The Gerber baby? <laughs> no, it's like actual companies. <laughs> that is something that I yeah. like. I know is a thing that, especially with long-term investments, it's more you're trading risk for like long-term gain. So they mm-hmm. show something where like if you I forgot what the name of the specific type of investing it is but if you invest in these savings like high high interest savings accounts then mm-hmm. it'll like start off really slow but once you like pick up decades i guess it'll <laughs> pick up a lot of money until you're making like it's almost like exponential growth but you have mm-hmm. to like yeah. stay the long way so like you basically put it in mm-hmm. like forget about it kind of because mm-hmm. the yeah. more time and that's why people are always like oh you have to start your credit while you're young you have to start investing while you're young because like time is something that like Mm -hmm. accrues so oh yeah i have a uh, tiaa or oh 403b 403b so i guess that's kind of an investment i didn't know Mm -hmm. that it was investing because i thought you just put the money in and then it just like Mm -hmm. adds by the time you're old but they put it in like a match mm -hmm, they match after like a year or two years um it's like some percentage but they put it in a portfolio for you and it's similar to acorns where you can select like super aggressive or like super mild or something (laughs) it's not called mild um (laughs) sounds like sauces like mild or spicy (laughs) i'm putting ten dollars every paycheck so i decayed that adds up to anything but i haven't seen it we'll see in 60 years (laughs) if you stay at that job (laughs) when they start matching it (laughs) Okay, just resisting That's the, thing the with urge like, to withdraw. Yeah, employer, um, ones that are connected to your employer, I I don't know how I feel about that. I guess that makes sense for, like, someone like my mom. She's been with her job for, like, 30, 40-something years, and so they match pretty heavily. And she said that, like, that's one of the, the things that was, like, mainly attractive because she knew she would stay at that job. But, like, what about mm-hmm. us, I don't know, Gen Zs, millennials that, like, hop around jobs, you know, like... Yeah. I think for now, it doesn't really matter to, at least to me. I mean, my company doesn't even match. Well, I don't even have a company. <laughs> um, my job doesn't even match 
my I don't have a savings have account benefits? or anything. So I have no benefits. Oh. I'm just a fellow, a contractor. <laughs> but I think right now it doesn't matter to me too much because I know like whatever job I'm going to be in right now, it's just going to be temporary. Mm-hmm. Um, so unless you know for sure that you want to stay there long term, then you should probably look into the benefits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but besides investing, another adult thing, something that Linda has gotten dipped her toes into is making like yes. big purchases. So like making, <laughs> what do you call those investment pieces, quote unquote, where like you're willing to put up a lot of oh money because you think it'll last long. Um, Linda, do you want to talk about your investment piece? What? Um, you're back okay, in now that now that I am a working woman, I bought a Dyson vacuum cleaner. <laughs> oh my god. Um, very good ratings. I'm very satisfied with my vacuum cleaner. It's very powerful. I don't know what you want me to say about it. Did you buy it for yourself or for your whole family? I guess for the household. Like, what am I going to do with my own personal vacuum cleaner? I don't cleaner, know. Like, if you move out, Just are you going to take room. it with you? Okay, my mama would not let me leave. <laughs> like, take it with me. <laughs> <laughs> she likes it that much. I yeah, guess. I mean, also, what, what it's I th- a big house. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, when I think of like investment or making adult purchases, yeah, I'm thinking of like, I guess when you're a college and you're a younger student, you're making such minimum wage amounts of money that like you're just putting it towards food or like small, like enjoyment things like going to a concert or something. But when you start making mm-hmm. such a like even a low income like that's considered low for entry level it's still thousands of dollars and I can't imagine like what I would do with that money so I guess the first thing I would do is like start thinking of what can I buy that would like put that money to use I guess Mm -hmm. another form of investing one might say but it's kind of cool that Linda has started doing that even though it's just like a vacuum cleaner like (laughs) I'm excited for when Mm -hmm. I can do that myself what's next what's next Okay, I mean, I feel like rent would be the biggest purchase. Um, oh, I thought you were going to buy an espresso. Yeah, can okay, we talk I want to buy stuff? an espresso machine because <laughs> it's just fun to shop for it and then like getting into a niche thing. I'm like on Reddit, like wh- like reading the reviews and stuff. An espresso and, like, Reddit? Yeah, it's like an espresso Reddit and they're like, what oh is God. the best um the best crema and like the best whatever and like aluminum actually not aluminum um like stainless steel and stuff i don't know it's like fun to shop now that it's a possibility instead of just like window shopping um actually but... though i kind of want to buy a express not an espresso but an espresso machine oh my gosh <laughs> so i can make fancy coffee like lattes and stuff that's what an espresso machine is <laughs> No, Nespresso. Wait, are you talking about espresso or Nespresso? Nespresso with an N, like the little pod? Yeah, the the N one is just pods. Okay. The espresso machine has like, you can put actual coffee in there, make high quality coffee. Hmm. (laughs) But I kind of, I feel like what you mean um, is relatable. Even when we were talking about like, oh, maybe we'll rent a place or something, like that possibility with your job now like that that can happen so it's like kind of fun to consider that it's like when you're little and you think about having a wedding and it's like oh my god I'm gonna like what am I gonna have for my (laughs) wedding and it's like so far off like you're just daydreaming Mm -hmm. but now you can actually start like thinking okay not a wedding but like Mm -hmm. thinking of legitimate things to put your money towards just Mm -hmm. another part you can buy an air fryer 
I highly Ooh, recommend it. Wait, yes. Do you have wait, one? do you have one, Sally? I have one at home. Yeah. It's um, really nice. I, have, you put anything in it. We've made... We've air... Okay, this is something that I learned that, like, really changed tofu for me. We air fried tofu. <laughs> and so oh, it was, like, Does it super, make it crispy? Yes. It was, like, like restaurant, super crispy on the oh. outside and still, like, squishy on the inside. Air fry your tofu, people. <laughs> it's so much better than in a pan. But kitchen appliances yeah i guess that's what i'm focused on i want to buy a rice cooker a digital (laughs) rice cooker a digital rice cooker it's been my okay not my dream but i've always wanted to buy like a fancy rice cooker like you know the one that's like an elephant Mm. zojiru zojiru yeah Yeah, i was i was shopping on (laughs) linda getting all the appliances I don't know. It just feels so satisfying. Okay, and I've been watching a lot of like apartment makeovers on YouTube, mm. and I don't know. It just brings out the shopping um, urges. Mm-hmm. I think um, you brought up like YouTube and apartment stuff, and I think we could kind of like swivel that way because that's something that has mm-hmm. definitely influenced my mindset, I guess, of how I spend my money. Like, I've gone from watching like clothing hauls or whatever to watching people like apartment shopping or like the videos I love to watch or like what I spend in a week in this city as a 20 something year old or what's my budget like I feel so old watching it but also I just love watching people spend their money I'm not that into the budget videos but I love watching like room tour videos Mm -hmm. I don't know I've always liked like interior design kind of stuff so I like seeing how people arrange their house and like where they get their furniture from. The other day I was watching this video about this girl's ceramics collection and now I'm really inspired to have my own ceramics collection. (laughs) When we never have like even thought of a ceramic before, but I kind of, I don't know if this is who you're talking about, but Jen M, she did an Instagram story of her like English tea set. (laughs) I was like, okay, suddenly I need an English tea set. (laughs) I've never thought of it before. The three tier display stand. Oh my god, it was so cute. Even though the TikTok that Ming was talking about, the things that you didn't know you wanted to buy. Yeah, yeah. From TikTok, I guess it's a form, like another form of consumerism, like the halls and stuff like that. But it feels more like adult to be buying like home goods rather than like another clothing item. I don't know. And it's an investment piece. (laughs) Right, that English sandwich stand that (laughs) for tea. But yeah, I think definitely who I'm watching now and like the content creators is definitely going towards more of like my age, I guess, and older because every, I guess we relate to it more. So we're watching Mm -hmm. who we can relate to. Mm -hmm. Also, it's nice to watch like women talk about their money. I think Glamour YouTube channel has like a series where there's like different women of different income levels and then they answer questions like how much would you spend on a night out? Like what is your like budget for your beauty routine and stuff like that and you can mm. see how like different it is and also it's mm. nice to hear women explaining money to me because whenever I ask like my classmates or people they're just like me explain investing and stuff and I'm like mm-hmm. okay I don't get it but you don't have to talk to me like I don't get it or something mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's also he- nice to hear from like I guess YouTube the appeal of it is that they're so much more realistic and like relatable so to hear about how oh this 22 year old spends this much money at whole foods every week like i can almost imagine myself in that situation so 
it's it's nice to hear from them. Mm-hmm. So I remember I watching one of those. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching one of those videos and. I think the girl was living in New York City, so maybe it's just the culture there. Because my cousins mm-hmm. do this too, but every day she would buy a Starbucks drink, and that would be five dollars oh every gosh. day. So I don't, I can't even imagine doing that. Yeah, people are always like judging them so hard in the comments. Um, uh-huh. mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes they're it like, is you have money for a five dollars yeah. Starbucks every day, but you don't have money for this. But <laughs> right. I guess it's everyone's choice. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely priorities. Um, yeah. But I, I love seeing like how rent changes across the country too. Like, even D.C. or New York and San Francisco, I had no idea it was that much. But it, mm-hmm. it's just nice to put things in perspective. And sometimes it's comforting, like, oh, my gosh, it's okay that I'm living at home right now because if I was living in D.C., I'd be spending, like, 2000 a month on this tiny-ass apartment. So yeah. it's, like, mm-hmm. comforting in some ways. Another aspect of, like, the YouTube and consumer culture thing is, like, the girl boss or boss babe Mm-hmm. aspect or a hustle culture i feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of a complex venn diagram but i do see like women who are entrepreneurs or ceos who are so like out of touch with like real life finances um mm-hmm. but also i don't go out of my way to consume those like content creators so i'm not that familiar with like what's going on either mm-hmm. i think that's just a general i guess i guess it's the people that i follow too is Um, The idea that you work hard. I know we've said it to ourselves, but having like multiple streams of income and like you got to put a like financial worth on everything you do kind of to like make it or like seem productive, which is another conversation, I guess we could have another time. But I think, yeah, who you choose to follow and watch really influences. Like sometimes I feel really bad about myself because, oh my gosh, this person is like making money off of so many different things and like, maybe I could do that but I'm just lazy or whatever like I definitely feel that sometimes and especially like when you put a financial like I guess incentive behind it like you could be making money off of this I feel pressured about that but I think nowadays it's hard to discern like different types of content whether it's like for money or it's just like to get their content out there like you like for example YouTube um like you might for I, I guess for me and Meng we first started watching Jen M's videos mm-hmm. just for like the content the fashion or vlogs or whatever but then she's as her brand grew and stuff um like more things became like ads more things were monetized and stuff so now like a lot of her videos are sponsored and mm-hmm. I guess it kind of pushes this whole like boss babe agenda mm. <laughs> but at the same time like as she grows i guess she has to grow her brand so it's not i don't know it's kind of hard to like i don't know i don't know it's hard kind of hard to like distance yourself from this whole like hustle culture when it's so prevalent in everything that we see mm-hmm. yeah i feel like the girl boss or like the boss babe thing is problematic because it equates feminism to doing well at work or making a lot of money like women can be ceos too or like women can also make mm-hmm. a lot of money you know which like true there is like a gender wage gap but i feel like that dismisses feminism as not you know equality and liberation and going for social issues because if you just want to be an entrepreneur and make money like are you treating your employees well um are you like if you're rich are you opening your purse to like (laughs) redistribute the wealth and things like that so 
I mean, that's my take on the problem of consuming girl boss things. But I also think there is like an inspirational like role model aspect to it. Like if mm-hmm. you want to see someone or you want to see like a person of color, a woman of color succeeding in the corporate world. Um, so there is that value. So also, I'm not sure what to think. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's so conflicted. I think I feel that way, especially when it becomes to like someone's merch or brand, like something mm-hmm. that's um, material goods behind it that you could buy. Like, like oh, you want to support this person, but also they're using like cheap quality materials and like possibly sweatshop labor to produce their branded shirts. So like, do I support this girl boss or person who's making it, but also like buying their like things that are questionably produced like I don't really know so it's good to finally see brands I guess kind of like um women like Sophia and mm-hmm. Whaley's brand where it is they're pushing to be ethical um making yeah. it out of like sustainably sourced materials and things like that um but at so the it's same easier. time like the cost of sustainability yeah. is so high mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true that's another factor that which is also a barrier hard. to a lot of people mm-hmm. like the cost it of could that. be an investment though yeah, an investment piece. Investment piece. <laughs> oh my I gosh, it's start a over. $30 tank top. <laughs> there, there's so much like conflicting behind that. That could be a whole yeah. other episode. Um, yeah. But I guess we, we kind of talked a little about a bit about who we look to for um, information about finances or like what we're using. I know we've talked about like Mint and Acorn a lot, um, especially on previous episodes about apps. But in terms of who we look to for advice... I don't necessarily go to my mom like I know she has good advice and like when I'm like making serious decisions like about my loans or something like I'll consult her and talk to her about it but in terms of like oh how am I gonna budget or like save I kind of look outwards so Sally you mentioned that you know about Asia Dang do you want to talk about her wait I only watched like one episode video from her but if I remember correctly she's (laughs) She gives advice about budgeting. I don't know. Actually, yeah. don't remember. Can you can you explain? Um, yeah, I first found her because again, I was panicking about loans, and she made this huge. I mean, it blew up. It was a YouTube video about how she was like thousands and thousands of dollars in debt from like student debt and credit card debt, and she paid it off in like like a year and a half or something. It was something crazy, and so she made a video about it. And then ever since then, she's made budget videos, and so she's someone that I kind of look to as aspirational but again she does have like a youtube channel that makes a lot of money so it's like i'm trying not to compare myself to people who make youtube videos about paying off their debt but she's someone that i i look to um someone else is like the financial diet um it's this youtube channel that has one main host but some other people too that make really good financial content so if you're like if you don't know what investing how to start with that that's a good place to look to so I think having those credible, credible sources that provide their research and sources behind it is really helpful, and it also comes from like a woman, so it's like more relatable, I guess. Yeah, those vi- YouTube videos are definitely more accessible, and like the information is more concise than asking someone in person. So sometimes this might be the better option. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. You mentioned you have some podcasts that you also listen to. Do you have any recommendations for money podcasting? Um, only two. One of them, I guess they're both not about like specific advice, 
but it's more of just about like how money works in our society. One of them is called Planet Money, and it's by, made by NPR. And the other one is called Freakonomics, and that's more about like economics, I guess. And it's always like an interesting take, like kind of exposing how economics and capitalism like plays a role in our society where you might not see it. So I really recommend it for just like to be knowledgeable about how buying something from this shop could like, you know, um, what do you call that when it's like um, the domino effect? Like it can affect other things too. I don't know, just mm-hmm. something interesting, like, if you like podcasts to listen to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're so cultured. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Learning cultured because economics. I am trying to get out of debt, man. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, like, it's interesting to hear about it and hear about it from a different perspective. Yeah. All right. I guess now that we shared all our, our experiences, all of our advice that we have to give on money, let's talk about or 20 money or let's talk about questions that we want to ask each other about money so we ha- took some questions from this list called like 20 money questions from refinery 29 and it's supposed to help um it's supposed to be, be between like a part a partner like between two partners in a relationship but we're going to ask this among our friends <laughs> to get the conversation started about money so or continue our conversations about money i mm-hmm. guess yeah, so they so break many. it up into um, three different times in your life, I guess. Your past, your present, and your future. And they have multiple questions under each category. But because this episode is going pretty long, um, we'll ask like just one or two questions for each other. Um, just to, you know, stimulate that conversation even further. And it's also some questions that you could use with your friends or your partner to like broach that topic. Because it is kind of daunting. Um, one of the questions for the past, I guess, which is more looking back about how you were raised and things like that, is something that we talked about earlier, but did your family have a budget? And also, like, how did you feel about it? Or were you aware about it? Were you aware of it? You know? Um, I don't think our budget was really explicitly like, talked about in our family, but we did have, like, a mental limitation on what we should we could spend, like... I guess when I went grocery shopping with my mom or shopping in general, she would always limit her or limit us to buying things that were only on sale <laughs> or like things that were below a certain price, like maybe depending on the item, like something that was relatively cheap. So in terms of like bigger purchases, we would have to, it would have to be something that's like a vacation or something that's like an investment um, in order to buy something that's more expensive but we for like everyday things we always wanted to keep the cost low mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i think our situation was the same as sally or it was never mm-hmm. um explained to me what the budget was mm-hmm. specifically but we had the mindset that try to save when you can and do couponing yeah. and stuff like that and for regular household stuff just buy the the cheap one on the shelf like even though there's like <laughs> the a generic a selection one. yeah the yeah. generic one and if we were to spend a lot it would be on like a trip or it would be on like a new computer or something mm-hmm. i feel like when we're at home just doing daily life we save like as much as possible and then when we go mm-hmm. out it's like this is the time that you have to spend money and you have to spend it now because once you're back home like you can't really um <laughs> go off like that um <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've inherited that mindset because I don't really have a specific budget like I'm gonna spend $40 on like clothing I feel like that's too much to think about so mm-hmm. I'm just like 
just save as much as possible. Um, like, you know what the necessities are already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ming? Um, yeah, kind of similar where it was never explicitly talked about, but there was a general understanding that we're not super rich. So if you ask for something, you should be prepared to hear no or like wait till later or something. <laughs> and like, yeah, couponing and all that. Um, I think something that is different about our families is that we never took like super huge vacations, like going places. Like the most we did was go camping or go visit family in Ohio. So I think there wasn't that mindset of saving money for a vacation. Um, so I guess my mom was more willing to spend on like eating out or like things throughout the year because we didn't have a vacation that we were saving towards. But also at the same time, something that we've talked about previously is that how like your families aren't necessarily connecting gifts to like specific holidays or your birthday or graduating or stuff like that. Whereas my family, we really connect that to holidays. Like I was never able to get like a DS or something just on a whim or being like, Mm -hmm. can I have a DS or something like that? It was always like, okay, you can wait till Christmas or you can wait till your birthday. Like it was always tied (laughs) to a holiday. And I low-key resent that because then there's a lot of pressure on like gift giving when it comes to that. But Mm -hmm. yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Because I feel like me and Sally talked about it and we had a different thing or for my family, it's just like buy nice things whenever and you don't get anything anything for your birthday. You also don't get anything for Christmas. I think you would just get like your home ball for New Year's. Um, yeah. But I think that cuts down on like, I have to go Christmas shopping and like have all this pressure. And mm-hmm. for Christmas, we just like eat. And then we eat dumplings for every holiday. So it's not like a super like distinct celebration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like... T- Same for my family. Hmm. I feel like tying stuff to holidays put so much unnecessary pressure on it so I kind of wish that my family treated presents like you guys did but I guess it was something that they were excited to look forward to um Mm -hmm. do you guys want to read the next question yeah um do I go on to the present questions about the present Mm -hmm. so this one um I have is about what do you mind what do you not mind splurging on with your money right now? And what do you usually try to save on? Well, I guess this kind of ties into what we said before, but like, I guess this is more in terms of your own money and then what, what kind of specific purchases do you like to splurge on? Mm-hmm. Uh, Linda? Um, I think for me, I value experiences more than actual mm-hmm. things. So for trips and things, I'm like, this is something I like spending money on. It makes me feel good to have. Um, Mm-hmm. and I like spending money on a Dyson on like <laughs> buying gifts and stuff um it's fun to go grocery shopping now that I can you know buy a treat or <laughs> a nice vegetable um and I have to worry about like this is my my parents money that I'm spending because they send me out to do grocery shopping um but what do you mind not splurging on I would probably say experiences would rank the most um during our COVID times that's pretty limited so we have to I mean something that you can use like an espresso machine or a new like technology um an iPad upgrade stuff like that stuff that you can use and would last you a long time but I feel like that's a like a basic criteria yeah makes sense Ming yeah I think we can all basically relate to that like we're, real, yeah. we're realizing now that as you grow older, you do have more freedom to 
go places or travel so now I'm like willing to invest in that because I don't have to ask my mom if I can go like to visit a friend's house now I can like spend money on going to well before COVID New York or something so yeah I would say that's definitely something that I'm investing in or willing to spend more money on especially I'm willing to spend more money on sometimes convenience for comfort in terms of traveling Mm -hmm. like Mm. I will never again take a bus from DC (laughs) to New York to take a flight out of New York to take a flight to Hong Kong to take a flight to Taiwan (laughs) like guys what were we thinking what like it literally saved like what a hundred dollars maybe something something small this is like 20 hours yeah yeah I feel like in terms of if you're going far, like the length, then you should be willing to invest the money to make it a good experience. Mm-hmm. Something we learned. Yeah. You live and you learn. Yeah. Also, I feel like I don't know what luxury items are, so I don't know what to even aspire to get, you know, like what More kind of luxury Dyson. thing I need. More Dyson products. Dyson. Why would I need multiple <laughs> vacuum cleaners? Um, they have other stuff too. First class you can nice. populate your home with Dyson. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> so you're not lonely in they your have, apartment. Um, they have hair dryers yeah. and fans and lights. And stuff. Yeah. I heard their hair dryer is really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, anyways. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Linda, do you want to ask the future question? Yeah. Um, so what are you working towards? What dreams do you have for the future? Um, you can answer like five years, ten years, fifty mm-hmm. years. Oh my gosh. Um what am I working towards? Um, Financial freedom. <laughs> Not having loans, but also being able to set myself up for like future experiences. Like I want to be able to have, I, I want to be able to be at a point where I don't have to like continually save, save, save. Like I have a nice, mm-hmm. I mean, that would take saving, but I would have a nice thing set aside that like, oh, like something's coming up. My vacation's coming up. Let's go somewhere. And mm-hmm. being able to afford that without having Mm -hmm. to like think so far ahead um and also Mm -hmm. setting up my future kids (laughs) for success um i didn't have a college fund little mings oh my gosh that's (laughs) way in the future okay but it would be nice to like have that money to give my kids a like scholarship not scholarship um a college fund or like give Mm -hmm. them that financial freedom that i don't have right now but also, I don't want them to take it for granted and be spoiled. So that's something I have to think about. But yeah, don't send them to private school. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Some people take it like you guys had a college fund or some form of college funding, and you're not spoiled. But then some kids like they had their whole college paid for, and they don't have a job. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm conflicted. But yeah, Sally. I don't know. I guess you just have to train them well when they're little. <laughs> train them, them well. How much money is worth? <laughs> <laughs> gotta put her work um yeah i i know like linda started working part-time jobs pretty earlier so i think like that's one of the keys to not being spoiled is ha- making them work for their money and knowing how much how hard it is to earn money but yeah. i think in terms of like money goals mine are pretty similar to ming's like five years ten years i'm just aiming for um, financial independence <laughs> <laughs> um having a job in ten years like a stable job in 10 years mm-hmm. um maybe but in terms of 50 years um same thing like i want to be able to have money that can set aside for my future offspring <laughs> <laughs> um but also like i want it since my parents will hopefully wait will they be alive no not in 50 
listeners. Well, anyways, in the long <laughs> term, knows? I want to be able to provide for my, for my parents um, mm-hmm. as well. So I guess, yeah, having an allowance set aside for my parents too is one of my goals. Would you have an allowance for your kids? No. Okay, Ooh. save. No allowance. <laughs> if you live under my house, think, you're going to do the chores. Yeah. <laughs> you might get homo. I'll do the same thing as my parents where they have to approve like what they want to buy they have to they have to sell it to me first like some so they have to sell the reason why they want to buy it to me first before they can buy it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that definitely makes sense it makes you value the money I definitely want my kids to have a job like not early early but like when you're old enough to like start if you're able to get yourself to a job I, I think I want them to be able to because that taught me so many things about like how much like at my job yeah I realized like oh my gosh I have to work two more shifts to make that shirt worth it so like is that worth it that sort of thing it it really Mm -hmm. puts like value behind the money and of course other things like you know how to treat people but yeah that really taught me a lot about my money and how to save and budget for what I want when I was working part-time I would be calculating like how many hours I would have to work to get a specific item and it's like Mm -hmm. your time is worth this much but once you like get older and hopefully you're making more it's like it's the same amount of time it's just you're getting paid more for it which is kind of weird to think mm-hmm. about but mm-hmm. i agree with what sally and ming said i feel like that's like the basic setup for life is just to be like independent and stable mm-hmm. um in 5 10 50 years and to keep that going um mm-hmm. okay something that i want to do but i'm worried about like the i don't know i feel like i'm thinking too much about it but, like the colonial implications of owning <laughs> land but I do want to uh, live or, like, oh. be able to have that rural um, living situation. Um, my boss lives in Connecticut. and like, want to be cottagecore? Okay, but, okay, I've been learning how cottagecore is, like, colonialism. Yeah. So, I don't know what to think. But it would be nice to at least have access to it. Maybe, like, a timeshare, but it's, like, a farm. I don't know, man. I'll think about it. I'll split a farm with you. <laughs> yeah they do say that a land is the best investment you can make and so i mean that has questionable you know ethics around it i guess but i don't know i'm not really that tied to land to be honest not even to my own Mm -hmm. house but maybe that'll change as i get older you're not tied to your house like i'm not like i'm not the type of person that like i want to get a house you're not gonna get sentimental about your house. well i'll probably get sentimental but i also don't want to like buy a house Okay, this is how I feel about cars, too. I don't want to buy a car or a house as soon as I'm able to. Like, I would prefer Mm -hmm. to live in an area where I can take public transit over buying a car, for sure. Mm -hmm. Because I don't like driving, and also I see it as a big, like, financial burden. Other people see it differently. People want to get a house as soon as they can. depends on where you live, Yes, But I kind of like not being tied to, like, one house or one. Mm -hmm. Like, because when you buy a house... You either stay in it for a you long time to get your money's worth, or you have to, like, sell it. So, like, yeah, it seems kind of like... I think at our stage in life, I'm, like, I'm not yeah. thinking about buying, like, investment in houses. Investment cars, pieces. But... <laughs> 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 but I think, like, later on, maybe 20, 10, 20 years from now, like, that's definitely going to be more of a thing to, mm-hmm. like, invest in long-term, like, things that you're going to need for a lo- the long term. So mm-hmm. we'll see also, where we are then. <laughs> it kind of costs to be, like lessen your carbon footprint or lessen your waste production like i feel like 
it's expensive to be zero waste or something because you have to buy quality like produce and they have to be fresh and then a lot mm-hmm. of like packaged stuff are there for like convenience or they're like mm-hmm. more cheaper so it would be mm-hmm. nice if you have the means to be like self-sufficient like farm to table like from the origin or like from the source and learning how to make clothes and learning how to like fix your own plumbing i feel like that costs money but it would be nice to get to that point crossing linda what (laughs) can't do all that on your own i can't okay i want to learn how to do all this shit and then you're gonna hire me to come to your house oh my god (laughs) (laughs) okay so that's our futures we'll be predicting it but yeah, it makes sense. You have to put, you have to invest in order to like get that quality back. So mm-hmm. that can be a burden or an obstacle for some people. All right, y'all. Thank you for listening to a very dense episode about money, about our past experiences with it and also our future prospects and our future hopes and dreams about our financial situations so we talked about a lot today and i feel nice that we were able to debrief all these experiences um i do feel like i was a little like oh i don't know or like i'm thinking about this too much but that just shows how in this i guess fresh postgrad there's a lot to learn about um but it seems intimidating but that just means the opportunities for learning and for getting more into it and for taking the path are just as plentiful um so that's an optimistic way to think about it um it's nice to have this thing when i'm like slaving away at my job it's like a reward that i can do fun things with um that i can why do i work if i'm not spending the money you know um okay so i hope you enjoyed this episode and hope you check out the videos that we talked about and also the other resources that we discussed Mm -hmm. yeah so if you liked our episode you can go ahead and visit our website at movingalongpod.com and like lena said you can find all of our show notes with the links we'll have everything all the resources linked so if you ever want to check them out go ahead there and visit us at our website and you can connect with us on instagram at movingalongpod and rate or review us on apple podcasts Until next time. Bye.